0: I need to do with Exodus that we will do with Exodus last week. Uh, and I wasn't quite sure what to uh, do today. We'll be starting the open uh, Sunday school here, I thought, next week. Uh, so that put me in a little bit of bondage for today. What can I cover in one day? So I thought that I would deal with some of the ancillary Aspects dealing with the exodus, dealing with some of the archaeological material that relate to that area. Pass that by my sons, and they kind of stuck up their nose. So I says, well, maybe that's not the way to go because you know how parents are always seeking to please their children. Right. Uh, I-, I had one request for the open Sunday school that w- was interesting, but would not take the entire uh, time, but perhaps more than one Sunday. And I says, well, if I start it today, then I'll have to go into that next Sunday, and then that'll start a problem. But then Tim told me we have two Sundays left. Right. I didn't know that until just a minute ago. So I think what we'll do uh, is do this one recommendation for the summer schedule, but I think we can handle this nicely in the two Sundays that we have left. Uh, And that's the Christian warfare, the armament, uh, in Ephesians chapter 6. So let's turn to that passage and we'll develop some of the thoughts from here. The text in question, of course, begins at verse number 10. Let's read this to remind ourselves of the issue before us. Ephesians, as I think most of you know, uh, fall in that category that we call the prison epistles. The Apostle Paul, in Rome at this time, in bondage, he identifies himself, uh, as we saw right at the end of the text in verse 20, as an ambassador in bonds. He's in chains, he's imprisoned uh, for the preaching of the gospel, uh, and it is here in this imprisonment that he writes to us, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, uh, and also the little book of Philemon. These are the prison epistles. And Ephesians is one of those great theological high-water marks uh, in the New Testament. There are certain texts, I suppose, that uh, in many ways, while all the Word of God is inspired and all is profitable for us, there are certain texts and certain books that from a theological perspective, seem to stand out as mountain peaks. And Ephesians is certainly one of those books. Ephesians begins with this eternal statement of our salvation, of God's eternal purpose for us. demonstrates that the church has been chosen in eternity uh, to be the people of God, and certainly that opening chapter is one of the Grand Canyons. Uh, of the New Testament. Uh, It boggles the mind and it thrills the heart uh, to consider all of those spiritual blessings that we have with Christ in the heavenly places. Great exposition of our redemption in terms of our election, our predestination, uh, our adoption, our glorification, the redemption that we have through the blood of Christ, and all of that uh, to the praise of the glory of His grace. So certainly some very lofty themes uh, that begin this book. But yet the book ends in a statement of conflict. Uh, while there is an eternal purpose for God's people, there is the eternal destiny that we have fixed and sure by the purpose of a gracious uh, God for us. Uh, nonetheless, during the now and then, uh, the Christian life is filled with battle. It is filled with struggle. It is filled with conflict. And the Apostle here uh, himself, subject to some of that conflict, having been brought into captivity, now personal captivity, uh, because of that contest of wickedness against the forces of truth and the gospel itself. Uh, He gives us some very practical reminders here, some very practical advice. Uh, and counsel and commands how we ought to face and how we must face uh, the spiritual battle that is taking place. It's a very sobering thing as we come to this passage uh, to realize that there is a spiritual battle that is taking place. Uh, We have enemies that we cannot see. We have enemies that are extremely more powerful than we Uh, who have more energy than we, who have more personal resolve than we, uh, and are certainly stronger than we are strong. Uh, But nonetheless, there is resources that we have, not in ourselves and not in our own strength and not in our own abilities, Uh, but there are the resources that we have that can enable us to effectively and successfully uh, do combat and battle against those spiritual forces those spiritual enemies uh, that are all around us. Uh, and I don't want us to be so naive uh, that we reject the reality uh, of what the Apostle is here saying. Uh, we have spiritual enemies. There is a warfare that is taking place. There is a spiritual realm out there that is real, that you and I cannot see, uh, but nonetheless is real. And I don't want us to become rationalist here. Uh, in the sense that we will only accept what is before us, we'll only accept and believe what we see. Uh, There is a spiritual battle, and many many times, as the word of God testifies and illustrates over and over again, uh, the Christian himself is going to be part of the battleground uh, in which that spiritual confrontation is taking place. Uh, We have hints of that, the book of Job. We know that all that Job was experiencing uh, was because of a spiritual context, uh, and Job was the battleground. He knew nothing of it. He was not privy to all of the strategy uh, that Satan was using and that God was using, but he was the battleground, uh, and uh, he was uh, indeed under that great uh, torment uh, and conflict of body and soul because of that spiritual context. Uh, And here the apostle uh, reminds us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against these spiritual uh, enemies in high places. Can't see them. uh, But they're there. Uh, And there is a spiritual confrontation, a warfare that you and I cannot begin to imagine. I've been teaching uh, this this month, the book of Daniel, uh, in just saw that again in the 10th chapter, one of the most amazing uh, and baffling statements that I think we have anywhere in the Scripture. Uh, As Daniel had been praying, remember, uh, and the answer to his prayer finally comes to him, and he sees that glorious vision of the uh, man dressed in linen standing there above the river. Uh, And I would take that to be a representation of the Lord Christ himself. Uh, And then in speaking to Daniel, Uh, He says, in in effect, that uh, I was delayed. I was delayed. That the prince of Persia uh, was in contest with me. Michael the prince, Michael the archangel, came and he aided me in this contest. Uh, Spiritual battle. I say that boggles my mind. Uh, And it baffles my understanding. Uh, That here, going on behind the scenes, above the scenes, was a spiritual warfare uh, that Daniel knew nothing of, apart from the fact that God revealed to him that spiritual contest. It happens. Uh, And it's not just part of ancient history that it happens. Uh, We have here this uh, contest and this warfare still taking place, so it behooves us. Uh, that we know how to guard ourselves and how to arm ourselves uh, against this most important and vitally dangerous uh, contest that is all around us. Well, this brings us, I say, to where we are uh, in the context of Ephesians chapter 6. Paul has been dealing here with these great theological themes, these great spiritual truths, uh, but now he brings us as it were, to the real world of where we live and what we have to do. Uh, and he's warning us here that we must be conscious uh, of this spiritual contest and to be prepared for it. Now, I want then to uh, just take a quick survey. Uh, I don't think we'll finish today, but we'll try to work our way through these verses that we have read together, most of them anyway. Uh, and I'll summarize them uh, in three Uh, basic statements or three basic topics that I want us to uh, consider here as we seek to bring this little paragraph to focus upon our own circumstance and our own situation. I want us to see, first of all, something of the source of the strength that we as believers are to have, that we are to uh, enjoy in this spiritual battle. Look at verse number 10. Finally, my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Something, I say, of the source of our strength. The command is here given that we are to be strong in the Lord. Here is the preparation that we must go through uh, as we prepare for this battle. Uh, Here's the basic training, if you will. We don't step out into contest without Uh, the due training without the due preparation. Uh, And the first thing that we are told here is that we must be strong. We are ordered to be strong. Now, this is a remarkable, and I think in many ways a very interesting statement here. Be strong. You could tell that to me physically all day. You can say, Barrett, I want you to be strong. Yeah, right. Uh, How can I be strong? You're telling me to be strong is not going to make me be strong. If that were the case, we could market that and we could do away with all of this uh, exercise stuff, right? We could do away with all gyms. We could do away with all physical exercise. Just go to someone who had the power to say, be strong, and bingo, bango, you're strong, you're physically fit. Uh, and we wouldn't have to listen to Dr. Graf's dietary remarks here. We wouldn't have to listen to all of this exercise stuff. Just give me that command, be strong, and I can eat what I want, and I can sit around doing nothing, and that would be good, physically fit. Not the way it works. Not the way it works. Uh, it's a strange commandment here. Uh, and it's a passive statement. It's a passive statement. Be strengthened. Be strengthened. Uh, logically, I submit to you, uh, but that's impossible. All right? We come to an imperative. I, I, I don't want to, say, get to the uh, technicalities and theories of language and grammar here. Uh, but, but think about that for a moment. An imperative, a command. All right? uh, it, it is impossible, logically, uh, it is logically impossible to have a command given in the passive voice. You understand what voice is what I mean by passive, right? Passive is when the subject of a verb is being acted upon by some external agent. Uh, Someone outside of myself does something to me. I was hit, all right? I was hit, didn't hit myself. Somebody out there hit me with a car, with a ball, with whatever, but it was somebody outside uh, that was affecting me in some way. Uh, Now, I, I, I submit to you that a Imperative, a command that is being given cannot be given in the passive voice uh, because the agent is outside of the one that is receiving that action. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, A a command is always directed to the will of the one to whom that statement is being made. Uh, I I tell you to do something. You can obey me or you can disobey me. Uh, That's your choice. All right, that is your choice. The choice of whether you do it or don't do it is yours. Uh, but if there's an external agent involved, uh, the fact that I may will it to be done is beside the point. It's out, out of my hands. It's out of my hands. So literally, this says, if I'm going to take it uh, in its pedantically literal sense, uh, it says, be strengthened. Be strengthened in the Lord. Well, okay. Uh, Okay, so what do I do? What do I do? Uh, If it depends upon someone outside of myself to do the strengthening, uh, what is it then that I have to do uh, in order to receive that strength? So I say that passiveness is really impossible. It's what we call a tolerative idea. It's a tolerative idea, which means very simply uh, that you submit yourself to whatever and to whoever that external agent is. All right? You submit yourselves. Allow yourselves, if I could uh, translate it perhaps in that way. Finally, my brethren, allow yourself, permit yourself to be strengthened by the Lord. All right. So in this command is not here a word of exercise. Uh, this command to be strong is not a word that involves then in or requires my engaging myself in some kind of even spiritual exercise. It is my submission. I know, Mrs. Beck, I've preached this before. There's going to be a new rule. All right I want everyone in here. All right This has to be a new rule of the free church. Everyone, number one, quit taking notes in your Bible. Or, number two, get a new Bible every year. (laughs) All right? There you go. I know, but this is for request. So, someone, don't give me that. Look at said this before. Well, of course I've said it before, right? I've been doing this for who knows how long. I've got to repeat myself sometime, right? Uh, No, but you must listen, all right? (laughs) This time, listen. All right? Last time you were just right. And I can understand that, right? Bear, just saying, let, let me get every word down that this man says. Right? That was... That's good. All right. I saw that. Uh, well. All right. So, this time, listen to me. Right? This time, listen. Uh, I'm sure I won't say quite... But the outline's the same, but who knows what I said in between. Right? There you go. Now, I've lost my thoughts. <laughs> what, what, what am I supposed to say next? <laughs> Submission. Very good. Submission. Just keep your hat on and coming up here. That's a, all right. Uh, submit. All right. It's a tolerative idea. All right. A tolerative idea. Uh, to allow yourself to submit to what the Lord will do. It's an act of faith. All right. This then becomes an act of faith. An act of faith. Be strong. Allow the Lord to interfere in your life. Allow the Lord to give you the strength. The strength is there. He has the ability. He has the power. He has the resources. And while, as we're going to see, we are going to be so insignificant against those forces against whom we battle, uh, the Lord is infinite. Uh, and, and he has all that he is. He has all of the resources of creation. He has everything uh, at his disposal to give to us what we, uh, what we need. And it is for us, and this is the first lesson that we have to learn in this spiritual context, uh, is simply to submit uh, by faith, in obedience, in trust, in dependence, upon uh, his giving to us the supply for what we need and the Lord here then is the source uh, of that strength it's in his power, that positive strength the might, that strength that uh, is abundantly effective and efficacious in the accomplishing of its purpose Uh, there is the source of our strength Uh, and uh, that's where it has to start that's where it has to start Uh, in all of the issues of life In all of the contests that we are going to face, and we are all going to have our own little place in the battleground. We are not all going to be fighting exactly the same battle. Uh, Little different uh, parts of ground that we have to defend, as it were, that we have to conquer. Uh, We all have our place uh, in that battle that is going to be raging. Uh, But the source of strength for us all uh, must be the Lord. Uh, And we're in this contest together. There's an individualism that's going to be involved, certainly. Uh, But there is a corporateness as well. This is an army. Uh, We are soldiers in this together. We are part of the army of God. We are part of his hosts. Uh, And the success of any army is going to depend in part uh, upon the faithfulness and upon the exercise of duty of all of the uh, constituent parts and soldiers in that, uh, in, in, in that force. And so we must all... This is not just for the preacher to do that. It's not just for whoever the lieutenant or the captain or whoever the leader is in this contest. Uh, no, it is for every one of us uh, who are part of, these, uh, part of this army of Christ and every believer is uh, to find our source of confidence, our source of strength uh, in the Lord. Uh, and our courage... The amount of courage that we have in this contest is going to be in proportion uh, to the confidence that we have uh, in our commander. Uh, If if we are not seeing him, if I'm relying upon myself, I'm going to get scared and intimidated pretty quickly in this process. Uh, But the confidence and the courage uh, to do what we must do, to fight the battles that are before us, is going to be in proportion uh, to how much our eyes are upon the commander uh, who has all the strength and all of the strategy uh, already worked out, already planned uh, and all of the power in, uh, in reserve uh, to meet out to his people, to his soldiers according to his purpose faith, it starts with faith alright, the second thing uh, and this will take us really through verses 11 through 13 something of the purpose of his protection. He's going to give us protection. He gives us the armor. But our attention in these verses uh, that I'll focus on first of all here will be upon uh, the purpose. Why is he providing for us this whole armor? Look at verse 11. Put on. Clothe yourselves. Clothe yourselves. This is now the voice of the verb uh, that requires our own doing it. We are to submit ourselves. But now here is the appropriation of that. We submit ourselves to the strength and the power that there is in the Lord. We submit ourselves to His external working and energizing in us. But now faith is never passive. Faith is never passive. Faith is always going to appropriate uh, and act upon that objective truth. All right, now, what's the appropriation? If we are submitting ourselves uh, to be strengthened by the Lord, then how is that going to manifest itself? How must we then respond? Well, put on. Clothe yourselves with that whole armor of God. We have that direct command. And then again, uh, at verse number 13, we have a little different uh, language but the same idea. Uh, to uh, take to yourselves the whole armor of God. So now here are two imperatives. Again, what did I say a moment ago? That these imperatives, these commands, are directed to your will. They are directed directly to your volition, your will, that part of you uh, that has the power uh, to obey or disobey. All right, and we have wills. I'm not going to go back and discuss everything that we've uh, addressed concerning the nature of the will. Uh, have these perverted, uh, these perverted Calvinists uh, who don't have a clue as what the teaching of the Scripture is and what the teaching of historic Reformed truth is and what the nature of historic Calvinism is. Uh, jump around saying that man has no will. It's a bunch of nonsense. Uh, it's rubbish. Uh, we have a will, uh, and we are accountable to God uh, for how we exercise that will. Uh, so here is, I, I say, the supply that uh, the Lord has for us that we are to submit ourselves to that. But now, uh, now, how is that to be uh, applied? How is that to be appropriated? And faith will appropriate and then demonstrate and manifest the confidence we have uh, in uh, that objective truth. All right? Uh, here, here is the application of that orthodoxy that you and I are responsible for. I must put on this armor for myself. Uh, I'm not going to be dressed, All right? It's not that somebody's going to come and put this stuff on for me. Uh, that would be awkward. That would be weird, all right? Uh, what kind of a soldier would it be if, if he had to go to his commander and say, Would you tie my shoes for me? Uh, w- would you put on my shirt? Would you? No, no, no. We're expected uh, to do certain things here for ourselves. And the doing of that is the manifestation. And it is not opposed to faith. It is the manifestation of faith. And it is the exercise of faith uh, that we actually do then what God is commanding us to do. So clothe yourself with this whole armor and then not quite as as, uh, filled with imagery, just flat out in verse 13, take it to yourself. Uh, But the subject here, the object, is that whole armor. God has provided for us, and we'll discuss something of the armor itself that's going to be described for us uh, in the uh, following verses. So I won't say too much about the nature of the armor at this point, uh, except it is that which God has supplied. God has given what we need, but it is, I say again for us, uh, to flat out obey what God has told us. It is for us to flat out take to ourselves, appropriate to ourselves, uh, all of the resources that the Lord has given to us. This is not just inner courage. This is not just building ourselves up. This is not just uh, psyching ourselves up to get out there and... Uh, fight the battle. No, this is something that is going to be on the outside of us, if you will. This is an outward protection. It is not just, although it's not going to uh, be void of that or missing this element, as we see, the inner courage. Uh, but by any inner courage that I have, all right, any inner courage that I have uh, is going to be based upon the confidence that I have on the external stuff, on the objective stuff uh, that I am relying upon. All right. Uh, if I, uh, you know, we uh, we talked a little bit about uh, snakes last, last time, right? And that copperhead that I saw. Well, when I saw that particular copperhead with that particular snake, I was not prepared for it. All right? I, I was not prepared for it. Uh, and I, I was stopped and I was halted in my steps. Uh, I, didn't want, I didn't want to barge right across that baby. Uh, Didn't know what it was going to do, so I took matters into my own hand. Threw rocks at it, whatever else. All right. Uh, Now, there are sometimes when I go into the woods. Sometimes when I go into the woods, uh, quit laughing. This is this is true to life illustration, right? Uh, There are times I go to the woods uh, when I will put these things on my legs, snake leggers, All right, particularly certain times of year. I know they're going to be out there when you eat. I don't like to do it because they're cumbersome and they're hot. Uh, but if I know I'm going to be walking through a bunch of stuff where those copperheads tend to be, uh, I, I will put those things on. And there's something about having those things on my legs that, eh, I want to see a snake. All right? Uh, I, I, I want to see one. Uh, I'll show that baby. I'll just go and step right on this, uh Give you a bit of confidence, right? The confidence is not inside because inside I'm still scared. But I know that that thing... It it can bite through denim, right? Those things can get through. But it's not going to get through those leggings. Uh, And and that gives you a sense of confidence. It gives you a sense of confidence. This has nothing to do with what I'm saying. (laughs) But I just... One of my friends was telling me just the other day, wouldn't this blow your mind? This has nothing to do with what I'm saying. Just thought of it. What was out picking up some sticks in his backyard. Uh, His son or son-in-law was picking up some sticks in his backyard. Uh, and he saw, he had a pair of gloves on, and he saw a tail all of a sudden go into his glove. He so said he screamed like a woman. <laughs> and a little baby copperhead had crawled into his glove. Would that not give you the creeps of all creeps? I'm telling you what. Oh, but whatever. When I've got those leggings on, I'm not scared of snakes. don't like them, but I'm not scared of them. All right, now the confidence I'm saying, all right, the confidence is in the armor. Uh, it is not that, that I'm just psyching myself and building myself up and, hey, I can take on anything. No, I'm resting and I'm trusting this external stuff, these objective things that I know are going to be impervious to the attack of the enemy. Now, the Lord provides that for me. Uh, the Lord is not saying to us, now get out there and, and figure out what kind of armor you're going to wear and how, how you're going to make that. No, the Lord has provided for us. He's given to us the means. He's given to us the wherewithal. And it is for us to put it on. It is for us to put it on. Sometimes we get foolish. All right? Sometimes we get foolish. And sometimes I go out in the woods, and, ah. you know, last time I wore those, last time I had those things on, I didn't see a snake, right? Ah, I'm not going to wear them this time. And I go out there and then you uh That's foolishness. That's foolishness. I I don't make it up. You see, I don't... The the Lord provides. And it is the exercise of faith, then, that we use uh, to appropriate to ourselves, to rest, then, in the security uh, of what the Lord himself has provided for us uh, in this armor. Uh, And and to go and fight against the enemy uh, without wearing this armor uh, would, would be certainly foolishness and would be a suicide mission. Uh, There'd be no hope for us. All right, now why? I'll say more about the nature of that armor uh, in a moment uh, or two. But we have a couple of purpose statements here. Uh, Verse 11, uh, we are told why uh, we ought to put on this armor. And in verse 13, uh, we are told why we ought to put on uh, this armor. Put on the whole armor of God that, in order that, so here's the purpose for doing it in order that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Then look at verse 13, after the imperative. Uh, Take the whole armor of God in order that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. All right, so two purpose statements. Here is the reason uh, for this protection. Why does God provide this armor for us? Uh, Why does God provide this wherewithal where we can go into this spiritual contest? In order that we might stand. In order that we might be victorious. Uh, In order that we might be able to hold our position. In order that we might be able to make the advances against the enemy. He's giving this to us to give us and to assure us success in this contest. Now, the nature of the enemy... Uh, that we are going to be fighting this necessitates this. We're told that we're going up here against the wiles of the devil uh, in verse 11. Verse 12 gives us a little more uh, description of who this devil is and the nature of his army Army. Uh, sandwich in between these two purpose statements a reminder of how important it is. Here's the motive. If we are really serious about who this enemy is, uh, if we really are taking seriously Uh, The nature of that enemy, that uh, he is so wily and he is so powerful and he is so stronger than we are, Uh, if we're serious about that, if we are taking the enemy seriously, uh, then we are going to be more given uh, to obey the command and put on this armor and not go foolishly into this battle uh, dressed in the uh, weak and insignificant Uh, preparations, battle clothes that we might make for ourselves. So who is the enemy? Uh, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness uh, in high places. We can read that so easily. We can read that so easily. Uh, But it's a very, uh, and it should be, uh, an intimidating uh, sight for us. Uh, we wrestle not. Uh, you know, that, that's personal battle. You know, that, that's personal battle. Uh, we we you know, listen to the reports today of what's going on in Kosovo and uh, other places, and this is serious warfare, certainly, uh, and, and the debates that are going on as to whether or not we ought to send in personal troops. Well, you know, why, why that little country? Well, there's a little difference. You know, warfare is warfare. I understand. Uh, but there's something quite impersonal. All right? There's something quite impersonal about somebody being in a ship, you know, thousands of miles away from the target, pushing a button, and there it goes, and you see it in the blue sight, and you have no idea of what's something quite impersonal about that. Uh, and, and, and here are these planes with, with these... Uh, smart bombs and whatever else, and you see them on the news reports. It's you know, it's fantastic. Uh, you know the, the technology and whatever, and you see the little thing there, uh, the crosshairs, and here's this building. All of a sudden, bingo! This plane is zipping in there. All of a sudden, bang! It, it's right there. I, this is a bomb, and it just I, I wish I could shoot my bow that accurately. Don't don't you, Scott? Maybe you can. I, I it's all over, but it's you know, it, it's it's amazing. But there's something impersonal about that. All right? uh, it's, it's war, yes. But that's not the imagery here. Uh, we are wrestling. Here is hand-to-hand combat. Uh, and it's very personal. It's not that we can be behind the uh, enemy lines and just push a button and get a victory here or get a victory there. Uh, there is going to be a hand-to-hand combat here. Uh, this is the only place, as I recall, where this particular word Uh, Wrestle occurs uh, in the New Testament, Uh, but it, I say, certainly stresses. The the, uh, personal encounter, all of us, are going to be on this front-line duty. We're going to be part of the troops uh, that are going in to do hand-to-hand combat. Uh, And and there's not going to be any ties. You know, in in a wrestling match here, uh, and, and this is not... You know, don't think of this in terms of this stuff that some of you, I hope none of you, I hope none of you, uh, this wrestling stuff, right? This is not where you're doing all that stuff, no. Uh, this is, I think, the imagery here, and I think I think even in the Olympics, I think even in the Olympics, they still have this particular kind of wrestling. It's called the Greco-Roman wrestling. You ever see that in the Olympics? It's extremely boring. To watch on the Olympics, right? When you're used to seeing guys jump over this and jump over that, here are these two guys and they're just trying to pull. Them. Not, not very exciting. Uh, but, but the, it's. The, the point is that's that's the imagery here. But the point is that there's no draws, all right? Uh, there's no ties uh, in this contest. There's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. Uh, and it, it, it's personal. You're either down or you're up in this deal. Uh, and so when we see this seriously. And Paul is using this imagery, I think, very directly and very on purpose to remind us and to put before us the focus of how personally serious this is. Uh, there's no one that can be on the sidelines. There's no one that can be in the, uh, in, in, in the, in the background. Uh, everyone is going to be on that battle line, uh, on that firing line, uh, as it were. That reminds me of a song I heard one time when I was preaching someplace. Uh, you ever hear that one? I'm on the firing line. That was good. Uh, They get going sometimes. Uh, But it's true. You know, you may may not like the tune of that song, but it's true. Every one of us is on the firing line. Uh, And it is a personal hand-to-hand combat that we are going to be involved with. So the first thing that I learned here, why why ought I to appropriate this? Because the enemy is going to be very personal. It's a personal enemy uh, that I'm going to have to confront. Uh, And it's a spiritual enemy. And this is... (coughs) This, I say, is something that is, from a rational perspective, difficult for us to understand. I'm ready to admit that. But what we wrestle against here, what we wrestle against, not what's saying here, what the Lord is wrestling against, what we are wrestling against, is not flesh and blood, a sense in which I could, you know, we can take on that. I can see the enemy. I, I can know him, and I can match my strength against his strength. I can figure out what his weakness is. But that's not what we're doing. Our enemy is not flesh and blood. Our enemy, uh, we are told, uh, is against uh, these spiritual, uh, these spiritual entities. Uh, I, I can't. Uh, I say I can't begin to uh, fathom even uh, all of the significance of that. But there's an unearthly existence here. Now, this is not mysticism. Uh, This is not becoming esoteric. This is just taking flat out what God is saying here. There is a spiritual enemy that you and I have. Don't know what they look like. Uh, And and I, in my own strength, obviously, in my own wherewithal, don't have the first clue as to how to go about them, about fighting them. Uh, This is a wrestling match. Where do you grab them? How do you grab this spiritual entity? I don't know. Uh, so we have to rely, again, upon the wherewithal and upon the resources that God has given to us uh, and rest, then, upon, upon that. But let's be aware. Uh, let's be aware of this, uh, uh, th- this contest. And I, and I have to admit, and I think we all have to admit, uh, that when I look at the nature of this spiritual contest uh, and these spiritual enemies that are out there, and I look at myself, uh, it's, not, it's not a fair fight. It is not a fair fight. How can I, who have this flesh and who have this blood, they can see me, Right. they can see me, but I can't see them. It's not fair. It's not, it's not a fair fight. Uh, and it's a very intimidating thing. But, but, uh, what's God's purpose? And remember that God's purpose has never failed. God's purpose in supplying this armor for me that I must put on for myself, is designed to give the victory. Uh, That we might stand. That we might stand. That we might withstand. That we might hold our position. That we might confront the enemy. That we might gain that conquered ground. And if we wear the armor that God has supplied for us, we put on this armor that God has in His goodness and His grace supplied for us. By faith we appropriate that to ourselves. We can and we will achieve the purpose that God has stated here that we will stand and withstand that enemy. And I say this to you. I say this to you. That if we wear that armor, it's not a fair fight. It's not a fair fight. If I go against those spiritual enemies in my own strength, it's not a fair fight. I'm going to lose every time. But if I wear the armor of God, and appropriate by faith all of the resources that God has given to me, it is still not a fair fight, but those spiritual enemies don't stand a chance. It's not fair for them. The sin of which is not fair for them. They're doomed. Their battle, their outcome, their warfare is doomed to defeat uh, if we take the resources that God has so wonderfully and graciously supplied for us. All right, I think we will stop there. Our time is... Just about gone, so we'll come back to this, Lord willing, next week. And we'll draw our attention specifically to what the nature of this armor is. Uh, we're told to put on the armor. We're told to uh, clothe ourselves with this armament, this panoply of God. It's the Greek word there. We sing that, right? And uh, What hymn do we sing that? Some... We sing that, right? Uh, panoply. And, uh, and a lot of you... I know not a, lot of, not a lot of you people know everything. Uh, a lot, lot of people out there, right, think panoply and they wonder why the, why the songwriter used that word. What does that mean? Armor, All right. The armor uh, of God. That's just the Greek word uh, that occurs here. Uh, next week, Lord willing, I say we'll come and we'll look at this armor and see it piece by piece and what the implications are and uh, how the Lord has promised us the victory and gives us the wherewithal to conquering these spiritual enemies. Uh, if we uh, put on the armor that he has so wonderfully supplied for us. Okay, we'll stop at that point. Let's close and pray. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, uh, we come and we ask that you would help us to, uh, by faith, appropriate and by faith exercise all that you have given to us in your word. We're thankful, Lord, for the power that uh, you have against uh, everything else and that we have available to us by faith that same power to be worked and to be manifest in our daily lives. Lord, awaken us to the reality of the conflict that we are in. That this is not just an easy, passive road that we are walking but there is a battle. There is a dangerous battle. It's a serious contest. Uh, that we are part of. Lord, let us not be the, uh, the weak place in the line, but strengthen us, O Lord. Uh, we pray that we might do our part uh, in this contest between the forces of wickedness and the forces of God. We're glad that we're on your side.